Have you ever had a night where you just really went overboard and you ate way more than you planned and thought, what the heck is wrong with me? Or maybe you woke up the next morning and maybe you had like too much to drink the night before or you overate or both and you ask yourself, what is my freaking problem? I know better. Why can't I do better? Maybe there's just something wrong with me. I wish I could just get over this. I know I have certainly been there. But here's the problem. That kind of thinking is hurting you. It's holding you back because you're assuming there is a problem with you. And today, we're going to have a little tough love. And I'm getting vulnerable about some struggles I've had. And we're getting through this together. You ready? You and me. Let's go. Do you ever feel like you know all the diet rules about eat this, but not that, and so you know what to do, but you just have a hard time actually doing it? I'm here to tell you, you are not the problem. Hi, I'm Lizzie. Welcome to the Confident Body Podcast, where we talk about all the mental and emotional parts of weight loss that diets don't tell you. It's time to step past the shame and the guilt from old diets and stop feeling like you're waiting to lose weight in order to fully participate in life. If you're ready to drop the diet mindset and learn what it takes to truly feel happy and confident in your own skin, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, welcome back. I am so, so grateful that you're here today. Thank you so much for this episode. This one actually took me a little longer than normal to put together because there's a lot that I wanted to say. And um, I, I confess, like sometimes I struggle to give someone tough love. Like I'm a people pleaser, like so many of us. And I want to say the nice thing and I want to be complimentary, but sometimes it's just necessary to call out um, something that could be difficult to hear, but important to hear. And uh, we're that's what we're kind of getting into today. So this all kind of started when I was talking to a client the other day and we'd been working together for a little while and she had recently had a setback. And, you know, understandably, she felt frustrated with herself because she thought that she had been making progress, which, by the way, she had. Setbacks are normal. That's expected. But she ran up against an emotional trigger and it set her off and she felt like she was right back where she started. And she said something interesting to me that kind of struck in my mind. She said, I just need to have hope that one day I'll be over this, that this won't be an issue for me anymore. And that's the thing. So many of us have a wish, a desire of a dream in the future where this, this whatever it is that, that is a, a challenge for us, a struggle for us, just won't be a problem anymore. And we want to get over it. And the thing is, we got to get through it. And the, the only way around is through. So my story with this is I struggled for a long time with not feeling totally in control of drinking wine. So my husband was in the military and he was gone a lot and, you know, being lonely and tired with two little kids, you know, it's really easy to turn to a glass of wine at the end of the night. And also I grew up in a household where it was very normal to have a couple of cocktails in the evening. But it wasn't too long into uh, our marriage and our kids' lives where I was like, I don't necessarily know that I'm okay with not having a glass of wine each night. And, and let's just be clear, like this wasn't like going off in a bender. This was like a, a glass or two. Um, maybe on a really tough day, it was two and a half or three. Um, but it was enough that I'd wake up in the middle of the night and be like, God, why did I do that again? I can't believe that. And then as the kids began to get older, I began to feel like, what sort of example am I setting for my children? And that, ooh, what 
a terrible sentence to tell yourself in your brain when you're asking yourself that question, because it just brings up all this shame and self-loathing. And I was like in it. And I, I, I spent a lot of years, honestly, of just feeling trapped and very scared. Um, I remember once describing the feeling to a friend of like, I have this sort of like dragon and the dragons in a cage, like most of the time, all this, almost all the time. But the, the, the lock on the cage is a little rattly. It's a little rusty. And sometimes the dragon gets, gets out. And I felt very afraid of my desire for a glass of wine at night. And I felt like I wasn't always the one in control. I felt like maybe sometimes it was, it was in control of me. But over time, and as I began to do more thought work and begin to look into how are my thoughts creating my feelings and my feelings and of course creating my actions and my actions creating my results, I began to, you know, still wake up in the night and the old shame thoughts would come along and I just kind of got tired, sick and tired of the shame thoughts. And I, I remember almost saying almost to myself as if I was a separate person, like, I am so sick of this shame talk. I'm just tired of it. I'm done. And I almost kind of decided to stop shaming myself. It was like, what if I just accepted that I am who I am? What if I just accepted that this is me? And that was better, certainly, than wallowing in a, you know, gooey pile of self-shame and like, what kind of example am I setting for my kids? Not a helpful thought. Um, So accepting myself as I am was definitely a step up, definitely an improvement. However, I still had this thought of like, maybe this is always going to be a problem for me. Maybe it just is. And again, that, that felt a little bit like a little bit better because I was, I was no longer fighting, but it also felt like, well, I just have this problem. It's like, I just have this flaw, almost like a a handicap that I can't do anything about. Like it just is what it is. But over time, as I began to do more thought work, and again, really examining my thoughts and realizing that my thoughts create my emotions, I realized that it wasn't necessarily a flaw in my nature and my makeup or me as a person, but it was simply wanting to avoid natural feelings that come up like being tired or stressed or lonely. Those are normal human feelings. And it was my body's natural reaction to want to avoid a negative feeling. And wine was an easy coping mechanism. Not to mention that it was a routine that I had uh, accidentally taught my brain. So my habit brain was also in the pattern. And oh, by the way, not to mention all of the societal messages around like, you know, alcohol makes you feel better. Everything is better when you're having, you know, some Oreos or some Doritos or a glass of wine or whatever. And so I, I began to realize, oh, maybe it's not that I am inherently broken. Maybe it's that my brain is naturally looking to relieve a normal emotion of feeling stressed, feeling tired, lonely. And my brain was just looking for something to help me feel better. And I can't, I can't stress enough how, how much of a shift it was to feel like maybe I'm not broken. Maybe there's not something wrong with me. Maybe it's just something that my brain has learned. And if I've learned it by accident, maybe I can unlearn it on purpose. And so I began the process of trying, instead of trying to get over it, I began the process of loving myself through to the other side of looking at what is underneath this feeling. What is making me feel so shameful? And how can I love myself through to the other side? So how do we do that? How does that happen? So step one, first, 
you got to find the source of the shame. And when I say the source, I mean, like, what is the story you're telling yourself that feels so awful and so shameful that you're it's you're not even admitting it to yourself. So we want to fix the behavior. But the behavior is just a surface level symptom. For me, it was wine. For you, it might be Oreos. But if we try and fix the symptom with our actions, that's great, but it'll keep coming back if you don't address the root cause. So what is the root cause? What's interesting is sometimes you have to ask yourself that question a couple of times to really get down to the heart of things. So for example, I could ask myself, what's the root cause of turning to a glass of wine? Well, I was feeling stressed from a long day. I was tired. I was lonely. Okay, sure. But that wasn't quite deep enough. Like, again, these are normal human emotions. What's shameful about feeling lonely? So then what? What's wrong with my emotion? What's wrong with feeling feeling lonely? And so I had to dig a little deeper. What is it that's at the root cause of this shame? And when I began to look a little deeper, I realized that I felt shame about turning to a glass of wine because I had a belief in my mind that it was weak. So the problem was not that I felt tired or sad or lonely. The problem was that my mind felt like it was a weakness and a dependency to have something outside of myself to feel better. That's where the shame was. And it just felt so icky that I could not rely on myself. And it just, it was so difficult to face that thought. So I want to ask you, what part of yourself is unacceptable? It was surprising for me to realize that the part of myself that was unacceptable to me was this weakness. To call myself and think myself as weak. I was like, wow, I never really realized that that seems unacceptable to me. How interesting. So what is it for you that feels unacceptable? Ask yourself that question a couple of times and you don't necessarily have to have the answer right away. Our brains are puzzle solving machines. So you can ask yourself a question and just sort of let it marinate there in the background. Over a couple of days, a couple of weeks, your brain will come up with answers. But if you're looking and you're not sure where to look, start with the shame. Why? Because wherever there is shame, that's like a blinking light that says, hey, look over here. I've got a story in my mind that feels awful. And the shame is the resulting feeling. Shame is a lagging indicator. It is a result of an emotion that comes up after you've bumped up against whatever you are not okay with in yourself. Whatever you are denying or trying to push away, that's where shame is the result from. So here could be some potential examples. So for example, maybe you're single and you want to be in a relationship. Again, that's fine. What's shameful about that? Maybe you have a story in your mind that says you should be in a relationship at your age and there's something wrong with you if you're not. Maybe that's the story. What is the story? Maybe you are in a relationship, but you have a bad body image and you feel like you should look different in order to be desirable to your partner or anybody. And maybe there's a story that says he deserves someone who looks different. Maybe you're worried that he'll leave and maybe you're worried that your worry will become a self-fulfilling prophecy and it just brings up all this shame. Maybe it's the story. Another thing could be maybe you're a working mom and you constantly feel like you're not enough because when you're at work, you're definitely not doing enough for your kids. 
And when you're at home with your kids, you're not totally present because there's something at work that should be done. And it feels like no matter where you are, you're, you're letting balls drop somewhere. And you're, no matter what you put your attention on, something is not getting enough of you. And so there's shame because no matter what you do, you're never enough. What is the story that's creating the shame? So step one is to find the source of the shame. But step two is to acknowledge the real root cause underneath that. And this can be tough because you're like, wait a minute, I've already dug pretty deep. Like this feels like a win. And it is absolutely because acknowledging what's at the heart of things can absolutely be a breakthrough, but it is a step in the process rather than the end of the process. And trust me, I know that the last thing you want to do is pause and look at that part of you that is quivering in the corner, huddled under a cloak of shame that is like, don't, don't look at me. Just, just go away. I know that the last thing you want to do is bring that part of you up from the depths and into the light. But my friend, this is where the true work begins. There's an amazing quote from Joseph Campbell that says, the cave you most fear to enter holds the treasure you seek, which of course makes me think of Star Wars and Luke Skywalker going into the cave when he's learning with Yoda and Darth Vader is in there. And it, yeah, who is it behind Darth Vader's mask? Himself. I'm pretty sure George Lucas was a pretty big fan of Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey. But at any rate, the cave you most fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. So we've identified where the shame is coming from, but what is the real root cause of this? The real root cause is not accepting yourself. And I mean, all of you that again, that quivering, shameful part of you in the corner that is like, don't look at me, you're not accepting her. Even the ugly, shameful parts. And telling yourself that you want to just get over it, or you want to be healed, that implies a problem with you. And assuming a problem with you puts your power and your agency outside of yourself. Like, there's just something wrong with me. I can't do anything about it. It's like you're powerless in the face of whatever feels shameful to you. And I want you you to know what I'm about to say comes from a place of love. Because I see the light shining from inside of you. And I want you to hear me when I say that there is divinity inside you. I can see it. I can feel it. I know you are a creation of the divine. And I care about you living into what you are meant to be. Every minute you spend feeling like you are not enough or that there is a problem with you is another minute that you are denying the world of the reason why you are here. No more. I care about you enough to not let you settle for letting that light lay dormant inside of you. I care about you enough to tell you the hard thing. And here it is. Telling yourself that there is a problem with you is a distraction. The only problem is your self-worth. The only problem is you not allowing yourself to feel enough. Because you are. There is nothing you need to earn. There is nothing you need to do. It is already there. It is like the sun that shines all the time. It just seems like it goes away because we're here on earth, but that's because our backs are turned to it. The sun is shining all the time. Your worth is there all the time. All you need to do is acknowledge it and accept it. That being said, (laughs) why is it so hard for us to accept our self-worth? Because 
I get it. We're people pleasers. I'm a people pleaser. I'm constantly looking outside of myself to seek acceptance. Why do we do that? Well, because we've been taught it over and over again. It's not our fault. But if you want things to change, you do need to take ownership over where you get your worth from. It may not be your fault that you have learned the habit of looking outside of yourself to feel enough, to feel worthy. But if you want to get through this, whatever it is that's challenging you, you need to take ownership of no more, that you need to own that your worth comes from inside of you, only you. You do not need to be more interesting to keep other people interested. You do not need to change yourself to be what other people want. You don't need to change yourself to be what you want. You need to love yourself through to the other side. If your interactions with other people are constantly making you wonder, what are they thinking? Or if you find yourself constantly guessing at what they're thinking, then you're hurting yourself. If you're thinking that your actions are not enough, that you need to be doing more to earn your enoughness, that is hurting you. Someone else's thoughts are their business. You have no control over their thoughts. But the more you worry about their thoughts, the more you're not shoring yourself up. Instead, you are eroding away your own foundation of your self-worth. The only thing you have control over is your thoughts. Focus on loving who you are. You are not too much. You are not not enough. When you show up with a hole in your heart, looking outside to fill it, you're constantly looking elsewhere for validation. And that's just empty. It's like pouring water into a bucket with a hole in it. You can never get enough. So shore up your own bucket and fill from the inside. So step one was identify where the shame's coming from. Step two is to acknowledge the true root cause of feeling enough, feeling your own self-worth. Step three is to embrace the shameful parts. So we feel like that, that thing that is weak about us. You know, for me, it was, I felt weak that I was depending on something outside of myself to feel better. You might feel shame that you're not in a relationship or shame about your body, whatever it is, embrace that shameful thing. Validate yourself. Those things about yourself that you don't love that are embarrassing or shameful, what if you leaned in and embraced them? What if you made that perceived weakness a strength? What if what makes you weird is your superpower? What if that thing that you think makes you weak or not enough is placed in your life on purpose as the very thing that helps you become strong and who you are meant to be? You don't need to look outside of yourself for fixing. You don't need to look inside yourself for fixing because there is nothing to fix or change, only to love and embrace and accept. Not just some parts of you, not even most parts of you, but those shameful parts too, the parts that say, don't look at me. Bring those in, welcome them, embrace them, invite them to have a seat at the table and say, I love you too. Ironically, It's from a place of accepting yourself and embracing the things that make you feel shame that you can eventually get through them to the other side where you can begin to shift the behavior out of love for yourself 
versus loathe. The answers you seek are not outside of you. You don't get over it. You get through it. You know, I was reading um, Ryan Holiday's The Obstacle is the Way, and there's a parable relatively early on in the story about a an ancient king who felt like his uh, the people in his kingdom had gotten soft and lax and, um, you know, they were always taking the easy way out. And so he said, I know, I'm going to create a challenge for them. And so he... Uh, got a boulder and put it in the center of the square that it blocked basically all the roads that that went into the kingdom. And um, then he kind of went off to the side and he hid to see what his people would do. And so people came up to the boulder and they were, you know, su- you know, surprised, perplexed, angry, all kinds of different things. And some people, you know, kicked at the boulder, some people pushed at it, some people grumbled. But to the king's dismay, Everybody eventually walked away and just gave up. And the king became more and more disillusioned as he saw more of his people just walk away and not make it through to the market on the other side. But then a poor farmer came along because he was trying to get to market to sell his wares. And he saw the boulder and he pushed against it and he really shoved. And then he ran away quickly. And the king was like, that's weird. But the farmer came back with a large stick or piece of wood from the forest. And he levered the boulder up and used leverage to get the boulder out of the way. And as the farmer was able to push the boulder off to the side, he saw that buried beneath the boulder was a purse of gold coins and a note from the king, which said, the obstacle in the path becomes the path. Never forget, within every obstacle is an opportunity to improve our condition. I'm going to read that again. The obstacle in the path becomes the path. Never forget, within every obstacle is an opportunity to improve our condition. You know, it's interesting, this reminds me of um, a friend and colleague that I work with, his name is Todd Durkin, and he's a fitness professional in San Diego. And several years ago, he got the opportunity to be on a reality show called Strong. And, um, you know, you've seen fitness reality shows before, but in this one, the contestants um, were 10 women who wanted to lose weight, and they were paired up with a male fitness professional counterpart. And they all had, they were now a team that the, so the two the male and the female were a team uh, competing together against other teams. And they all had to do the uh, fitness challenges together. And so, you know, each show had several challenges, but at the end of each show, the, the, the team that had the least amount of points had to go through the elimination tower. And so it was three floors of these various obstacles. And of course they had a timer and, you know, it was designed to make you fail. And I didn't know Todd at the time when I saw this, but he, would call it the opportunity tower. And I just thought that was so brilliant. He said, that's not my elimination tower. That's my opportunity tower. And I love that analogy because when we have challenges in our life, it is the opportunity to be challenged, to grow, to strive, to be more than you thought you could be. So remember the thing that is standing in your way is the way. So you may be thinking, this is great. Lizzie's super motivational. I love it. And how? Like, 
so, I mean, what now? So when I was uh, learning to be a life coach, I went through Martha Beck's life coach, uh, Wayfinder Life Coach School. And she, if you've not heard of Martha Beck, you should definitely look her up. She's written um, several amazing books. She's Oprah's life coach, et cetera. But she has a several tools and one is for dream analysis. And it's also, you can use it for uh, things that are in your life. And the way that this tool works is if you, if you use it for a dream, you like, let's say um, in the dream, there's a bear and a bunch of people and the, the bear like um, says to you, the butterflies are on the car. And you're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. And so in the dream analysis, you, you know, you kind of take several deep breaths, kind of get out of yourself and you become the bear. And so to do that, you say, you describe yourself in three ways. So I am uh, big and furry and dark or something like that. So you're, you're, you're trying to embody the idea of the bear. And then this often helps if you have a partner helping you because it's hard to kind of go back and forth between the asker and the answerer if you're embodying the bear or the whatever it is in your dream. Um, but you ask you as the bear a couple of questions. You say, what do you have to say? What is your purpose here? And if you could give a message to insert your name here, what would you have to say? And I have to tell you, it is amazing. The things that will come out of your mouth when you are embodying the imagery in your dream. You're like, I had no idea that's what it means. Um, and so basically the dream analysis is not about like every bear means strength and uh, challenge or whatever. It's more, what does it mean to you, the dreamer? But what's super cool is you can do this for things in real life as well. And so I did this for wine and I could not believe what came out on the other side. So here's a little invitation into my brain, into my self-coaching of when I sat down with myself and had a conversation with wine. So I embodied the wine in my kind of dream you know, I take a couple of deep breaths. I'm pretending I'm wine. And so I say, describe yourself with three adjectives. So I said, I'm dark. I'm inert. I'm just juice. I was like, that's interesting. So like already it's less powerful. And so I asked myself as embodying wine, what do you have to say? And the answer that came back was, I just want you to be happy. It's like, huh, interesting. Okay. So again, asking myself, embodying wine, what is your purpose here? And the answer that came back was, I am an opportunity. You look at me as if I'm the problem, but I am actually a gift. A gift that is here to show you that you are stronger than you think. I'm like, whoa, okay. Didn't expect that coming because I had always viewed wine as the enemy. It was always a battle. And I never imagined that wine was a gift to me, showing me how strong I could be. But then I say, okay, you know, I'm still embodying the voice of wine. And I ask, if you could give Lizzie a message, what would you tell her? And the answer that came back was, I am your biggest fan. I know you don't need me. I am here to allow you the opportunity to realize that you don't need me too. I know you can do anything, whatever the challenge is. I am not the answer. You already have the answer inside of you. I believe in you. So that blew me away when that happened. And I was like, wow, what, what if 
wine is an opportunity? What if this is like my opportunity tower to realize what I could overcome, what I could be strong enough to go through, that I could feel my feelings of loneliness or fatigue or tired, that I don't have to be relying on something. And maybe it doesn't mean that I'm weak. Maybe it just means that I'm human. So what if you stopped fighting against the shame and started loving yourself for the flawed, imperfect human that you are? Less judgment, more acceptance. What if instead of viewing the food or the wine or whatever as the enemy, what if you viewed it as an opportunity? What if you stopped viewing your desire for it as a weakness and instead viewed it as an adventure? as a challenge that is helping you blow your mind as to what you're capable of? What if this thing that is challenging you is your hero's journey? Your adventure is calling you to something greater. The hero always doubts themselves along the way. I doubt myself on a regular basis. That is part of the journey. What if you saw yourself as the hero of your story instead of the victim or the villain? Ooh, so deep stuff today, huh? All right, quick overview. When you have that thing that you just wish you could get over, you just, you know, dream of a day when it won't be a problem. Instead of telling yourself, either there's just something wrong with me, or I'm broken, or instead of just telling yourself, I wish I could get over it, acknowledge that the way is through it. And the steps are first, find the source of the shame. What's the story? underneath the action that's causing the shame and the painful feelings. Step two is acknowledge the real root cause, which is not accepting that part of yourself. And so you need to shore up your self-worth by just allowing it in. And step three is embrace those shameful parts. Love them, love yourself, all the, even the ugly parts. And the question is how? By embracing your opportunity tower. Ah, I am so grateful that you have been here with me this week. This has been a deep one and I really appreciate it. Maybe listen to it again. If you have any questions or thoughts, send me an email, lizzie at confidentbody.coach. I'd love to talk through it with you. And let's get to our one tiny confident body action step to put into practice this week. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to write a note to yourself and the note is going to be to you later on today. You know, the you that is tired at the end of the day, that is maybe stressed, maybe feeling a little lonely. The you that wants to say, F it. The one that feels like she's a screw up or inherently flawed or broken. I want you to write a letter to her. And I want you to write the note from you now to you later and telling her she's okay. Tell her that you love her no matter what she decides to eat or drink and that she is strong enough to handle the challenges in front of her. Remind her that she is the hero of your shared story and you believe in her and you love her no matter what. Then I want you to program into your phone a reminder to ping yourself to read that note at 5.02 later on tonight or whenever it is that you know that you're most vulnerable. Program it in or schedule an email to go to yourself at that time. Like we live in a day when we have the tools that we can make sure messages arrive at a specific time. So I want you to write the note now and I want you to figure out a way that it can arrive to you later in the day when you will feel most vulnerable. This is your very own personal time travel. Send a note to future you and give her the love that she needs.
And there is an entire section in my book, You Are a Miracle, that talks about how to feel enough. If you have ever found yourself sliding down the shame spiral of doom, then I would be so grateful if you would check out my book, just search for You Are a Miracle on Amazon. And if there's anything in this episode that has helped you, I'd love it if you would write a review on iTunes that might help somebody else find the show and to help somebody else feel a little bit less shame, a little bit less like maybe they're not the problem and a little bit like there is hope. And remember, love yourself because you don't need to change yourself to be happy. You just need to love yourself, all of yourself. All right, that is what I have got for you this week. Thank you so much and I will see you next time. Thanks so much for listening today. If you're feeling like maybe you're ready to take what you're learning here on the podcast to the next level, then let's work together. Everyone has a unique story and unique challenges, and there is no one size fits all program that works for everyone. We can co-create the goals and accountability that work specifically for you so that you can feel free of all the mind chatter around your body and start feeling confident in your skin. And most importantly, Stop waiting to participate in life until after you lose weight. Listen, you were created for a reason. God does not make mistakes. You have something special and unique that only you can bring to the world. If you'd like to explore what that might look like for you, please go to my website and schedule a free call at (laughs) confidentbody.coach. Or if you're an introvert like me and you just like us to get to know each other a little bit, then send me an email at lizzie at confidentbody.coach. Remember, the world needs what only you can bring. So don't wait. We're counting on you. You are a miracle. So shine your light today.